Why don't we go ahead and do a meditation? And I thought to follow with the energy that started, we'll do a meditation of peace. So if you want to get comfortable, the best way to allow the light consciousness to move through you and allow the loving to build within you is to have your arms and your legs uncrossed because it allows the circuitry to align itself and allows the light and the loving to move freely and lift from you those things that might want to be lifted. So at this time, if you'll try that, if you ever, haven't ever tried that before, just try keeping your arms and your legs uncrossed and go into a relaxed state. If you want to close your eyes, I'm going to open with a prayer. Father, Mother, God, at this time we ask for a clearing. And we ask for the light of the Holy Spirit to come forward just now to surround, fill, guide, and protect each one of us. And we ask for the light of the Christ within to awaken and stir and to lift us up into our own divine presence, bringing us into that place of grace, compassion, mercy, and loving. And bring to us at this time your blessings of peace, of understanding, and of joy. And awaken our hearts into your loving, that we might know you better within us. And at this time we ask that any and all negativity, imbalance, and karma that can be lifted from us at this time and throughout this day be lifted up into the highest light and there dispersed from which it came for the highest good of all concerned. And for this we give thanks. So just now keep your eyes closed. And what I want you to do is I want you to visualize white light beginning to fill your heart center. See the light beginning to grow brighter and brighter within the heart until the entire heart cavity is filled and glowing and radiating this white light. And see it begin to expand and radiate further outside of the heart, moving throughout the lungs, the abdomen, and throughout your limbs and head until your whole body is filled with this white light. Feel the light moving in and around you now. See the light purifying and cleansing and aligning every part of you with this great light and know that it is so. Begin to see this light radiate out beyond your own body now and begin to move outward to fill this entire room with light. See your neighbor's light and your light becoming as one 
until this room is full of the white light and all blends together as one in the light for it is here that we know ourselves in the oneness that we are. Sit quietly for a moment now in this white light and feel the oneness and as you do recognize that this quiet oneness is loving. And in this loving moment, begin to focus your attention to the top of your head. And from that place, begin to send forth light and loving to God in gratitude for all the things that He has given you, that He has shown you, and that He has offered you. But most of all, give Him your love in this time because you love Him. Share your love with Him. And let this white light begin to expand in greater and greater abundance from the head centers outward throughout all of God's creation as you share your loving with Him at this time. And as you do so, open your heart and invite God's loving in. Because you have to invite God in. He does not impose Himself upon you. So invite Him into your heart and let Him share with you as you are sharing with Him this living, loving light. And feel it come in. See it begin to move throughout your beingness and your consciousness. And know that this is God's love. And now, begin to see this light move out from this room, out from yourself, and move throughout the whole community, through Grand Rapids, through Michigan, through the United States, the North American continent, and on out until it engulfs the entire world and see everything, everything in the world becoming one in this light and filled with this light. And see the oneness, see the loving penetrating, filling, and lifting all things into the oneness and into the consciousness of loving. 
and begin to see the earth glowing as bright as the sun and then brighter until it becomes a radiant beacon in space brighter than any sun radiating the light of loving throughout all of creation and see that light radiate out into all of creation touching all lifting all and know that this is God's living love and know this is the place that the beloved in you resides in this stillness in this loving in this light once again focus your attention to your crown chakra at the top of your head and again share your light and your loving with god and once again open your heart to receive the bountiful loving that god has for you and just right now in this moment ask god to fill you with his peace to fill you with his understanding and to fill you with his joy and know that he does this with his loving and right now if there's a disturbance in your consciousness if there's something that you have been holding on to unable to let go of recognize it and place it in the light and let the light take care of it from here move into a consciousness of forgiveness so that you can be in the living of forgiving the giving of yourself daily the giving of the true self which is this light of living love and each day you can come here to the altar of light and of love and place upon it those things that separate you from god and no longer do you have to have anything between you and god for truly now you know the living love is inside and the living light is the path of sharing your love with god and god with you
And right now, begin to focus your light and your loving within your heart. See the light glowing brighter than ever before from your heart, as though the light of a thousand suns. Recognize the quiet moment. Recognize the stillness and the joy. Acknowledge the peace. And know you can live in this each breath, each moment, each day. All you have to do is choose into that, that which is this light of peace, of love, and of joy. And once again, Allow the light to move throughout your consciousness and your body and allow this light to heal you, to balance you, and to nurture you as a great warmth and a great blessing. And we say, Father, thank you for your loving. Thank you for this moment in our life. And thank you for your light. Amen. And now if you want to go ahead and bring your focus back into the room, It was funny, I didn't know for sure what I was going to talk about today, and then I went over and read the schedule, and I thought, oh, okay, well, I have it settled for me. <laughs> the path of neutrality. When I talk about this, I could talk about the path of neutrality for hours and hours, and sometimes I have. And yet it's very, very simple. It's just what you experience just then, in that meditation. Neutrality. There's no charge whatsoever in your life. You're totally in the moment, totally in neutrality. Now, a lot of people in the world have a definition of neutrality as cold and hard and indifferent, not caring. And that's how people think of you if they often put the definition on you as neutral, as not caring. Because to the world, caring means getting involved getting caught up in, getting caught in the charge of the moment. And yet, the path of neutrality into spirit is the path of just what you experienced, that quiet stillness, that nothingness where allness resides. Jesus spoke of the path of neutrality as the straight and narrow path. And that's what it is. It's a straight and narrow path. 
It's a path that has no charge in a world that is full of charges, of energy, of polarities. If you think for a moment, from the first time we go to a church or to any kind of religious experience, we hear about the good and the bad, the light and the dark, the holy and the evil. That's the world of polarities, the positive and the negatives. So we have two sides of reality, positive and negative. And then we have something in between called neutrality. But because we don't understand neutrality, we decide to live in the world of polarities, of charges. And also because a lot of times we get a misunderstanding of what neutrality is, we don't choose into it. Let me explain what karma is, and then maybe you'll understand better the idea of polarities. Karma is a law that exists in the physical universe, not in the spiritual universe, but in the physical. Remember, when God created, God created heaven and earth. He created the spiritual universe and He created the physical universe. The spiritual universe is perfect in its creation. The physical universe is still coming into its perfection. And in the physical universe there is a law, the law of karma. And that law is this. As you come into this physical universe as a soul, you come into this physical universe to learn lessons. Why? Because you, the soul, is a divine spark of God going out from Himself to learn about creation so that God will know fully who He is. So each one of us has different experiences to go through throughout all of existence, not just this lifetime, so that that divine spark in us will learn through all those experiences about His creation so that He becomes yet the greater knower of Himself. So we go into the physical universe that is still becoming perfect, that is still moving towards that level of full knowing and oneness with God, so that we can come down here and observe and experience and grow. Not grow physically our consciousness, but grow spiritually our soul awareness, so that that soul awareness becomes whole as it is to become and return back to God with the knowing of the experience that it had here. So as it comes into the physical universe, it begins to get caught up in the different lessons here, the different experiences here, and in the different polarities here. And it enters in on the path of neutrality in the beginning, but very soon it begins to move out and get caught up in the world of polarities, the world of emotions, the world of mind, and the world of body. And pretty soon we find that that world of complexity does complex and confound us, and we get caught up in all these charges that are nothing more than opportunities of learning for this divine spark of God as it comes into this creation. But because we lose sight of the neutrality and we lose sight of who we really are, all we begin to relate to is what we are experiencing. 
And because we get caught up in the complexities and it begins to hold us in our own consciousness, not seeing fully who we are and what is happening, we begin to see these situations as great problems, great burdens, great obstacles, and not so much as just opportunities of learning. And so pretty soon we're walking down the path of life and the path of re-embodiment, carrying these lessons with us that are unlearned. And these are the karmas, the lessons unlearned yet to be learned. These are the charges of energy that we have picked up in our own consciousness that we are still holding on to and haven't decided to either learn the lesson and move in neutrality with it and let go of the charge or say, enough's enough, I don't need that anymore and choose back into neutrality. How many times have you figured that, well, I've learned that now, I don't have to do that again and in six months you're doing it again and you don't know why? It's because as you've learned the lesson and you've decided I'm going to move back into my neutrality, you've all of a sudden realized, hey, there's no charge in this. There's no excitement in this neutrality. And there was excitement in that lesson over there. Yeah, I know I've learned it, but God, that was a lot more fun than this nothingness. <laughs> so let's just go do it one more time. Let's go find out about that lesson one more time. And before long we find out that we have pulled ourselves out of our place of neutrality and gotten caught back up in the world of polarities, in the charged energies of consciousness. And that's the trap of this world. It's said by some teachers in the East that as long as I have a body, I can fall. But as long as I have the body, I have an opportunity to also know God. And that's very profound because you can be in God in one moment and be caught up in the world in the next very easily. But it doesn't mean that you've fallen and that you're condemned to hell or that you're not going to know God again. It just means, whoops. <laughs> and then you choose back into that centeredness. It doesn't mean, now I've done it, now I've lost it, I'm never going to get it again. Now if you think that, sure, you'll create more separations for yourself. But if you just look at it as, oh well, another lesson learned, and you choose back into God and just go on, then you feel and you realize that all of this around you is nothing more than just lessons to be experienced and learned and brought back into the divinity of who you are, so that which is your divine will become more full in the knowing of creation here, so that you can eventually become, in the oneness of God, in His loving heart, a co-creator with Him. So, with this path of neutrality is an interesting path. It's the path of peace, of joy, and loving. It isn't the path of mind, emotion, and body. And a lot of people go around doing spirit thinking that they've got to understand it, that they've got to feel it, and that they've got to push it around with their bodies, move it around. And that's fine, but that isn't really the path of neutrality. The path of neutrality is that quiet, still, joy, peace, and love. This path of neutrality is one that is challenging at first when you begin to experience it and learn it. But as you begin to hold on to it, it begins to be more real to you than anything out here in the world of polarities.
One way to move into the path of neutrality is meditation. Meditation, just as we did today, is an opportunity to go into that centeredness and to find that divine thread inside of you of neutrality, of the oneness, of the stillness. I began learning this when I was a child. I had a teacher come to me on the inner levels and all he ever said to me, and this is the only thing he ever said to me <laughs> throughout the whole time that I've ever known him, he always says just this. Now I have to remember it. <laughs> My mind just went blank. He says, live in the moment, live in the now, live in the loving, live in the oneness. Live one day at a time, one breath at a time. Live in the loving. And that's all he ever says. And that's very profound. If you can do that, you've got it. You've done it. That's the whole teaching right there. Live in the now. Live in the moment. Live in the here. Live in the loving. How many of us live in the next breath before we've even finished living this one? How many of us are still living in a breath we took 10 years ago <laughs> and we're not even focusing on what this breath is all about? That's what he's talking about. Live with just this breath. Be aware as it goes in. Be aware as it goes out. And be aware of what's taking place around you so that you really get the lessons learned. You only get lessons learned when you're learning them, when you're experiencing them, when you're allowing them to happen right now. How many times did we sit in class and the teacher was explaining 2 plus 2 is 7? No, <laughs> 4. <laughs> and your mind was out somewhere else and then all of a sudden she calls or he calls on you. Now how much is 2 plus 2? And you go, oh, um, let's see. <laughs> because your mind wasn't present. You weren't in the now. You weren't focusing right now into the lesson to be learned. And that's just what it's all about. It's just that simple. If we pay attention to every moment, we'll know what every moment was about. And when we live every moment, we find life gets to be real simple. Real, real simple. Because we don't have to live in, in the stress and in the pain and in the worry. Oh my God, IRS, you know, I haven't gotten my check yet. The mail hasn't come yet. I wonder if there's going to be a letter that they're going to audit me. All these things that go through us. Living in the worry of what if, maybe, why not just live right now? And if they're going to audit you, they're going to audit you. And your worry isn't going to change that. If your worry can change something like that, then I have a car I want you to come to Texas and worry over for a little while. <laughs> because it needs some healing. <laughs> and maybe, maybe your worry will be better for it than me. <laughs> I just say, okay, well I accept your, your little problems and we'll go on. And it keeps on going. So, why not look and see that your worry doesn't really help? Your living in other moments besides this one doesn't really do much for you. And you're missing a whole lot by not living in the moment, by not living in the now, by not living in the present. So I began looking and seeing, well, how can I expand this idea of living in the moment? And how can I anchor it and make it even more real in my life than what he was just giving me? because it was words until I experienced it. And this is all words. This is all my experience until you get it. And you'll get it differently than me, but you'll still get it. And when you get it, it'll be the same neutrality, even though you may get there a different route. So I began to pursue 
what this path of neutrality was and how to get there. I began to find that through prayer, I found this thread of neutrality inside of me that I could enter into, and in prayer, I could hold on to much easier. So the first process that I found that really helped me to get into this path of neutrality was prayer, of just opening myself up and spilling my guts out, if you will, of just sharing everything. Well, I would write diaries to God in my prayer. I would just say, well, today I got up and we did this and I did that and we had this for breakfast. And I just shared with God everything because I enjoyed getting in that place of neutrality. Now, at first it was like a little thread. And I was down here, and you'll see how great an artist I am, with this little thread going to the centeredness of my beingness and the rest of me caught up in the world of polarities. But I knew where that thread was, and I knew that one way that I could get into the centeredness of myself and hold on to it was through prayer. So I would just sit and talk with God. And that's what prayer really is. It's talking with God. Sharing with God. Opening yourself up and just letting Him know who you are and who you know yourself to be. As I continued to pray, I found that there was yet another level beyond that prayer. And I began to realize that it was an element of concentration, that I was beginning in my prayer to really focus, to concentrate my attention into one-pointedness. So the next level I found was concentration. And that is focusing on God. So with concentration in my prayer, I began to focus my prayers in such a way that I began to pursue more this path of neutrality, this path of loving, of peace, and of joy in God. And I began to see that with concentrating my focus, I could move into a greater awareness and expand this path of neutrality. One way I learned this is that a teacher on the other side one day came to me, and you'll hear me say that a lot, because up until 18, I didn't have a physical teacher. I just had teachers on the other side teaching me. Now, I couldn't share this with other people because they all thought I was crazy. So I decided to keep my crazies to myself and let them live in their wonderful world. <laughs> so one day he came to me and he said, do you know what focus is? You know, and I'm just a little kid. I don't know for sure what focus is. I look it up in the dictionary and it's a lot of words, but what is focus? And by the way, the dictionary is a great Bible to have because there's a lot of words out there that we think we're living rightly, so by the definition we've been given. Look up the words and find out what they really mean. <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> you can redefine your whole life very quickly just by reading the dictionary. <laughs> so he began to say, let me show you what focus is. He said, get a piece of paper and get a pencil. Take the pencil with the eraser side and try to poke a hole through that paper. And as I did, it was very hard, but I finally broke through. He said, get another piece of paper, get the pencil, and turn it to the lead side, the sharp side up, and go through the paper, and it went right through. And he said, that's focus. With the eraser, you have your attention dispersed over the surface area, and so it takes a greater effort to go through. With the lead point, you focused all of your attention into one place, and so it's easier to, to cut right through the paper. That's what 
you're doing with concentration. You're focusing all of your attention, all of your awareness, all of your loving into one point. And what you find is that that one point leads you into this path of neutrality. As you bring your focus into one-pointedness, you immediately go neutral. And then if you can hold, concentrate on that and hold it, you'll begin to find that you just move right through that path and on up into the loving heart of God. So, with concentration, I began to see that I could focus and move into this loving place, this place of neutrality, much easier. Then beyond that, I began to see that there was more I could do with this focus of concentration once I began to really understand it. So with that, I began to search out, well, what's beyond concentration? And I found it was contemplation. And I'm just going to abbreviate rather than take the time to write all this out. Contemplation is taking a thought, an image, a feeling, and contemplating it. Holding it in your focus and making that the thing that you focus upon and holding it there until you experience it. This is called pursuing God. Is this spelled right? E-I-N-G? <laughs> it's I-N-G? Well, whatever. <laughs> it's chasing God. <laughs> Concentration is pursuing God. Or if you want, seeking God. What I did, the first thing I ever did in contemplation was, again, the teacher said, open the book. I opened my Bible. The first thing I came to on a page, and I'm not a Bible scholar at all, so don't even ask me what chapter it's in. <laughs> well, I know it's in a book called the Bible. <laughs> um, it's about halfway through. <laughs> my eyes fell on a phrase, God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Now, for a kid of around eight, nine years old, those are very big words. For a kid of 41, those can be very big words. <laughs> so what I did is I wrote them down, and I looked them up in the dictionary, and I wrote down the definition, and I said, whoa, this is what I'm supposed to contemplate. <laughs> right. So I sat down. I cleared myself through a prayer. I began my focus into the loving process of just focusing on loving God, and then I began to contemplate, God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. And I would just keep on saying it again and again, however it wanted to come forward. Got finished with it. Nothing really happened, but it was nice. The experience was there, and I learned how to center in a contemplation. And I got up, and I said, that's fine. I sat down the next day, and I started to meditate and pray again. And all of a sudden, I realized that I was missing something. And I thought, oh yeah, I forgot about contemplating the omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence of God. So I went back into that and I found that the neutrality path all of a sudden was larger inside. It was easier and smoother and larger. I don't know how to express it in the other way than that. And so all of a sudden I realized that this contemplation was expanding my awareness of the path of neutrality. I didn't know if it was really expanding the path of neutrality, but it was expanding my awareness of it. So I began to contemplate that every day, every day, for three months, really over three months. I contemplated God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. 
until one day, and it wasn't even during the time of contemplation, I was up and out of there, everything just exploded inside my head. And for a split moment, I was one with everything. I knew what that meant. I knew what the omnipotence was of God, the all-power. I knew what the omniscience and the omnipresence was because I was in it. And I could have told you what was happening in the cells of my heart. I could have told you what was happening in the center of constellations way out in the universe. I could have told you what was happening in a tree in my neighbor's backyard because I knew it. I was one with it all. It happened and then it was done, but it's never left me. And now I know God is all things. If you look and realize, He created everything out of Himself. So everything that is in existence is God in creation. It's God's energy. It's God's loving. But for the first time I understood that and I knew that through that contemplation. And wow, I thought, this is it. I got it now. <laughs> and they came and said, nope, that's just the beginning. <laughs> and I thought, oh dear. <laughs> so I began to say, well, if that's just the beginning, what's next? What do I do with it now? And they said, just contemplate things for a while. Pursue God, seek after God, so that you might know Him at that level. And as I did, I began to realize that beyond contemplation was a place of quiet, a place of peace, a place of receptivity, of allowing God to also give back to me as I was pursuing after Him. And that next level was a level of meditation. And it was a passive meditation. This meditation was just going through the contemplation, pursuing God for a time, and then going into the quiet and being receptive to see if God had any response to give me about my contemplation, about my pursuit of Him. And I found this beautiful, quiet place of receptivity. The best way I can describe it, it's like being a receiving dish for a satellite and just allowing any and all things to come in and then using the gift of discernment and awareness to discern what this is that it's coming into you. The challenge with this type of meditation is you don't know from which it comes and you have to be careful. And you don't take everything as literal, factual, actual. You just take it and write it down, keep a record of it inside of yourself somewhere, and then see how it works for you, that which you've received, until you find that which is the highest vibration in this receptivity and begin to follow it. And the best way to always have the highest come into you is to stay focused into that place of neutrality because the highest can move much more easily through the frequency of neutrality, through that frequency of loving, than it can through all the confusions and the complexities of the polarities. And if in the passive meditative state of receptivity you find yourself getting caught up in charges of, oh wow, oh neat, or oh my God, then you're not in neutrality and I wouldn't listen closely to everything you might receive in that moment. Because you're getting caught up in other people's moments, you're getting caught up in moments of your own consciousness, of your own karmas or lessons, and you may not be getting caught up in the path of spirit. You may not be getting caught up by the loving, the neutrality, after this, 
I did passive meditation for several years, just listening, receiving, opening up, and then going back into contemplation. And I really found that the two worked together real well, contemplating and then passively receiving, contemplating and then passively receiving. Not just doing one or the other, but doing both within the meditation. A few minutes contemplating a phrase, and then a few moments of sitting quietly in a receptive state to see what response comes in from your search, from your quest, from your chant, if you will, in pursuit of God. So, as years went by, I began to realize, wait a minute, in the beginning, with prayer, I was active. With concentration, I was active. And with contemplation, I was active. There was a lot of action, there was a lot of focus, there was a lot of me doing something to get to God. And all of a sudden I was just sitting there waiting for God. And that's what passive meditation is. It's waiting for God. And I thought, hmm, now I can wait on God, and I could wait on God, and I could wait on God. Or I can go to God. And I thought, in the Bible it says, go to God. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given to you. And it says seek. It says go after. So I need to find a way to move my meditation into more of an action again. And so I began to search out an active meditation rather than a passive and what I did is I found all I had to do was take that which I was contemplating and direct it in a different manner. And all of a sudden, I was going to God. And what I did is I took the idea of contemplation, of contemplating the things of God, the natures of God, the qualities of God, the beauty of spirit, and changed it into just pursuing not these things of the knowing of God, but the going into God, the experience of God. And the way I did that is I began to just chant, if you will, as I was doing in contemplation, because it's like a chant. I am one with the omnipresence, omnipotence, and omniscience of God. That becomes a chant after a while. And after a while you hardly hear the words, but it becomes a vibration, it becomes a chant. So I began to just chant God, 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 God. And then I would go back into listening, a passive state for a while. And then I would go back into chanting. Now you can chant whatever you want in an act of meditation. I decided to pursue something in my chant that I found in a prayer. It's the Lord's Prayer. It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Huh, what's thy name? <laughs> what's hallowed about thy name? We hear in the Old Testament, God has a name that is unspoken and is never to be spoken by the tongue. And I began to say, wait a minute, I want to know that name. Maybe that name is how I will experience, how I will go into God. And I began to pursue what's called the philosophy of light and sound the chanting of the names of God. And I began to find, one by one, the different names of God. 
and I began to pursue them. And as I did, I began to not just look at God, not just pursue Him, I began to experience Him in the fullness of who He is in me, and I in Him. You know how you know when you know God is when you see His loving face before you, and He invites you into His loving heart. And you just go into the oneness. You just merge with Him into the peace that is. And then you know it all. I mean, it's right there. You don't have to pursue knowing. You don't have to focus on anything. You don't have to ask in our talk with God and ask any, anything. It's just right there in His loving. But until then, you have to do all these different things because you think you have to do them. When all the time you just have to go into the loving into neutrality and be there with that and know that that's where God is. See, I was still caught up in the thinking that I had to do something in here. And I didn't realize that it was doing it for me. All the time, the loving was doing it for me if I would just allow it to happen. That's what neutrality really is. So I began to chant what I found to be the names of God. You find the names of God your way. I found the mine by going within and by searching outside through different books, through different teachers. And that may not be your path at all. Your path may be a totally different path. But this worked for me. One sound, one name that can be given and spoken is the H-U or the hue sound. That's found in Sanskrit. It's an ancient word, and it means God. But beyond just its meaning, it has a vibration to it. And that vibration, if you focus into it and become one with it, will carry you into a level of God. Because all of creation is made up of energy and motion, energy vibrating at a certain rate. Now, this is our course in physics. <laughs> if you change the frequency, you change the structure. Chemists do that all the time. Change the frequency, and you change the structure. And you get a different compound, you get a different chemical, you get a different element. So if you can change your frequency, you can move into a different element of yourself and of the greater self. And that's what you're doing here. You're changing your vibration into a higher vibration. You're focusing your consciousness to move into that vibrational place inside of you. And by chanting the hue, you find that you begin to move into that frequency, into that vibration that is a loving place in God. Now, isn't it interesting that we, as a race of people on this planet call ourselves human, God-man. That's where it really comes from. It's an old Sanskrit word relating to this body, God in, in the body, God in man. And that's where the word human really and truly is derived from. There's other sounds, other tones that you can chant. That's just one of them. And there are many philosophies and many teachers that teach other sounds. And it's up to you, in a sense, to go out and find them. 
because you'll find that these teachers of the higher frequencies don't come to you. They don't need to come to you. You have it inside of yourself already, and they're just waiting for you to wake up to that. And if you need them to assist you in the awakening, they'll do that. And if not, that's fine too. They're there just holding for you to do so. Another way I can explain neutrality is this. A lot of times we're looking for a mate. We walk into a room and we see somebody across the room and we go, that's the one. I'm going to marry that person right there. Now how come you know that? What happened that made you know that this perfect stranger across the room who you don't know and they don't know you is the one you're going to marry? Karma is lessons to be learned, to be experienced. And karma works on the principles of polarity, of charges. Polarities are attractions and pushing away. So what happens is, is that a person outside of yourself who holds certain lessons for you to learn and experience from walks into a room, walks into your life, and you respond to that polarity and are drawn to it because, hey, that person's holding the lessons for me. I can learn something from them. And so we're immediately drawn to them, to be with them, to learn those lessons. Now, how many of us would walk up to the altar and say those vows if we knew that we were doing it to learn lessons from this other person? <laughs> so you've done that one before. <laughs> so what we have done and if you look very carefully, we do this in our life all the time, we've given that charge a different name. We call it love. I love you. I need you. I want you. Now that's not loving. That's love. That's a different element altogether. That's really karma, lessons to be learned. And we put another name on it so that it's more palatable to go into. So we live with this person and we learn these lessons joyfully or unjoyfully, however we learn them, we continue to experience them. Let me put it that way. We may not learn them. <laughs> I am holding that we'll learn them. <laughs> so eventually what happens is we wake up and we look and we say, I don't like this person. I don't like these lessons. Get away from me. I don't want to learn these things. Get away from me. And we get a divorce because we don't want to learn these lessons anymore. I've heard it enough, I've done it enough, get out of my life. Or we wake up one morning and we look at them and we go, who is this person? Because the charge has left. We've learned the lessons from them that we came in to learn. And all of a sudden, we don't have a charge with them anymore. And it's like, I don't really feel anything for you. I don't know why. I'm sorry. It's just not there. Now they may go, yeah, but I still love you. What they're saying is, but I still got things to learn from you. There's still a charge for me towards you, even though you don't have a charge with me. So that means that they may still have lessons to learn from you. And that's fine. Now, you may also find that both of you go into neutrality, and neither of you have lessons to learn from each other anymore. Which is a real nice place, because two things can happen. You can either separate and go your separate ways as friends, or you can choose to stay together 
and find the loving that is present now. Because for the first time, you're in a place of neutrality in this relationship. You're in a place where loving can reside. But it's so quiet, and it's so still, and there's not all that excitement and that fight and that whatever that that love had. And so you say, okay, well, we'll stay together. We'll find the loving and make that happen. But all the time there's this little thing inside going, yeah, but boy, that was sure fun when we had all that charged energy going. <laughs> and sooner or later you start going, well, never mind. I've got to go have my charged energy. I just can't take this quiet loving. It's just too much for me. It's just too nothing. I don't understand it. And so we might choose to go off and begin to pursue other karmas, other lessons, other charges, other loves. Or we can choose to stay there in the neutrality together and really build a loving relationship, really create for ourselves living love in this planet. And you may find that you have lost the charge and are neutral with them, and they still have a charge with you. It may be best in that to stay with them and assist them in getting decharged if you can, if they don't pull you back into a charged pattern with them. And it may be best for them to go out and find someone who's holding the same charge as you and learn the lesson there rather than with you. How many times have you either experienced or have you seen somebody divorce this person and go marry the same person in a different body <laughs> and then do it again and again and again? It's called not learning the lessons, just pursuing the body. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. So do you begin to see the difference between love and loving? Do you begin to see the difference between living in the world of polarities and living in the world of neutrality? It makes a lot of sense if you really sit down and look at it. And you begin to see everything from a higher perspective, from a place of loving, from a place of neutrality. You know, when you do go into the loving heart of God, it's all right there for you to know. If you need to know it, in that moment, you know it. And if you don't need to know it, who cares? I don't. I don't need to know it. Why do I have to know it then? But we always think, we've got to know it all. We should know it all. And we keep pursuing it. And that keeps pulling us back out into our polarity consciousness. But if you can live in the neutrality, God's just right there all the time, in the next breath, in the next heartbeat, in the next loving moment. And if you need to know it in that moment, you know it. And you may never need to know it again, and you'll lose it in the next moment because it's not important to you anymore. And that's just living in the moment and accepting. The first law of spirit is the law of acceptance. Accept what is right now, and then see what you want to do with it. Do you choose into that? Do you choose into a different pattern that will change it? How do you want to move the energy? The first law is acceptance. So accept what is right now in the moment and begin right there. Don't try to figure out the past. Don't try to contemplate the future. Just accept what is right now and begin right now doing neutrality. Now what you'll find is, as you do all of this process, and you begin to pursue the path of neutrality through focus, through pursuing, through receiving and waiting, and through actively going into God, you find that that little thread that you once knew as neutrality, all of a sudden is a huge column 
of life and loving that encompasses you. And where before, in this little thread of neutrality, you could easily be stepping out of it, or you could easily be pushed out of it, all of a sudden, you can't step out of it no matter how hard you try. And it's very difficult for someone else to come and push you out of it when that column of neutrality is so large. It can be done, but it is more difficult than before. And all of a sudden, you become a living column of loving, and you carry that path of neutrality wherever you go. And that's called heaven on earth. That's having it here right now. Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. Be in neutrality, not of polarity. That's what it means. It's just that simple. And it's just that quiet. But you have to learn one thing, patience. Because neutrality is the most patient place you'll ever be. And this world is the most impatient place you may ever be. <laughs> so you have to learn to live in patience. That's another law of God, patience. A law of spirit, I should say. And in patience, you find that you can live in that quietness, in that stillness, in that neutrality of loving. And it doesn't disturb you. I know when I first began to experience this, I used to see my friends go off and do this and do that and have fun with this polarity charge and that <laughs> and get stuck in these negative charges over here and, and whine and mope and moan. And I'd be in my neutrality and I'd go, gosh, you know, am I really doing it right? <laughs> Is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? And I would be tempted to go and, and do the other things that everybody else was doing because gosh, that looks so much more fun than just this patient, loving nothingness <laughs> that I was in. But after a while, I began to see that they were the ones that were pursuing something. They were the ones trying to resolve something. And I was just being right now. And right now didn't have all that pursuit and resolution. It just had the fullness of the moment. And I began to see I was living in the fullness of spirit. I was filled with spirit. I was filled with loving. And in that fullness, I didn't have room to put any of this other stuff called charged energy karma. And I found that as I let myself live in this loving moment more and more, I began to see the charges of energy, the lessons that I came in to learn, begin to move out from me, rather than be on top of me, pushing me, forcing me to experience it, I could look at my karmas out here and say, well, wait a minute, do I really need that anymore? Do I choose to be in that anymore? And if I do need that, and if I do choose that, what is there for me? What is the experience? What is the lesson? And I found, well, I could, I could choose to go back into this lesson if I want to, but gosh, you know, it's not that much fun when I can have this moment of loving. And then all of a sudden the loving would grow bigger and the karma would be further out. All of a sudden you find that those lessons are learned in this path of neutrality and they no longer are needed to be learned. Also I found in this path of neutrality that joy is ever-present. And I found that the greatest gift that you can give is a gift to God. 
So everything I experience in my neutral moments, in that loving place, I give it to God. I give my joy to God. I give my understanding to God. I give my peace to God. I give everything to God. And I say, okay, thank you, God. This is yours. And I just keep giving it back to God. Well, God keeps giving it back to you once again, even more fully. And also you begin to find that as you give in the world, because of the law of karma, it has to come back to you and be fulfilled. That's another aspect of the law of karma. As you give, so shall it be done unto you. And all of a sudden, as you're giving your joy to God, the world's going, okay, now we owe him one. Now you give your peace to God. Okay, the world says we owe him another. And after a while, God's giving you all this abundant love and joy and peace back to you. And the world has all this charged energy following you called, we owe him love, we owe him peace, we owe him joy, because he's giving it out, he gets it back. And all of a sudden, the world is giving you peace, the world is giving you joy, God is giving you peace, and God is giving you joy, and everything is in loving, everything is in oneness. And no longer are you caught up in all these things that are hanging out there called your karmas. And you can choose into them, so you can learn them, but you don't get caught up in them. And then you choose right back into the neutrality. And you find that instead of doing a karmic lesson in 10 years, you do it in 10 seconds, or you do it in 10 minutes. And that's beautiful. And that's what living in love is all about, is doing it right now. Get your karma done. Get the loving now. Move forward into the next moment. Get your karma done. Get your loving flowing. Live in the now. One day at a time, one breath at a time. And that's how I fill my days. What's this breath about? What's this breath about? And all of a sudden the day's ended. And then I start the next day with the next breath. Are there any questions on any of this? <laughs> you know, one of my first physical teachers, really it was, this, yeah, it was my first physical teacher, we used to sit and talk all the time. And I always wanted to learn something from him. So I had all these questions. We would sit and would talk and I'd be asking questions and he'd ask a question back. And I'd ask another question and he'd ask me a question. And I'd ask a question and he'd ask me a question. And finally one day I said, why don't you ever answer some of my questions? And he said, why don't you ever answer one of my questions? <laughs> <laughs> And so I got it. I thought, I've got to start sharing with him so he can share with me. I've always asked him for everything. I haven't shared with him everything. And so all of a sudden I realized, what am I doing with God? Hmm. And I realized I was just asking God for everything. Tell me about this. Give me this. And all of a sudden I realized I wasn't sharing with God. I was asking of God. And I went back to my teacher I told him that, and he says, well, at least you got it in this lifetime. <laughs> because that is what life is all about, is learning in the moment, learning right now. So you don't have to keep on learning those lessons again and again and again until you get them, in this lifetime or in the next or the next. So when I began to share with God, God began to share with me. And that's when all of this began to really move for me in abundant ways.
I'll tell you one little thing about abundance, because we all want to know about abundance, don't we? Or do we? No, I don't think so. <laughs> what is abundance? It's having it all right now, right? That's abundance. Now, if you're living in the moment, and you're living in your loving, and you're living in the now, you are abundant right now. You have it all right now. Everything that you need is right now. But how many of us are going, yeah, Jim, but you don't realize I have a $200 bill at home i got to get paid. I've got rent coming up at the first. I've got, I've got, I've got. Yeah, but what about right now? Right now, you have it all. You're abundant. You've got it right now. If you can carry that abundance with you into the next moment, into the next moment, and keep giving that abundance to God, thanking God for the abundance that you have, what you find is this that as you give thanks to God for the abundance, as you give back to God abundance, if you will, the consciousness of abundance, He gives back to you, because now you're acknowledging it. You're not saying, Oh God, I don't have anything. Oh God, why don't you give it to me? Oh God, I need this. <laughs> you're going, Thank you God for the abundance that you give me. And God goes, Oh, okay, well here's some more. <laughs> And eventually, you begin to see, and that eventually could be in the next moment, you begin to see abundance coming to you in greater and greater ways. Now, there's a lot of different kinds of abundance. I'm not just talking about money, but money is a part of abundance. It's said that if you go first after God, if you seek first the kingdom of heaven, all else should be given to you. Well, isn't money part of the all else? So... Go after God first. Go into the moment and be thankful for God's loving, for God's peace, joy, and grace. And be thankful for His abundance that He's given you. Because if you look around you, you have a lot more to be thankful for than you have regrets. And if you don't believe it, then don't breathe the next breath. And you'll find out differently. <laughs> Because when you finally do take in that next breath, you're going to be awfully thankful that that air is there. And you'll learn to appreciate it more. One thing I found then, in this giving to God, thanks for the abundance, that He did begin to give back to me. And in this process, I began to realize, you know, there is this idea of the law of tithing. Well, I understand the law of tithing a little bit differently than the way a lot of people teach it. The law of tithing is an idea of we should give 10% of everything that we have to God. Well, what do I have to give to God but my loving and my life and my consciousness and my awareness? So what I do is I give myself to God doing meditation 10% of my day. I also give 10% of my abundance financially to God by giving it to the God within. And I take 10% of my salary and any monies that I receive and I put it into what I call a money magnet. And that's my tithing to the God within me. And that money I use to pay for trips that might enhance my spiritual growth, to pay for tapes, to pay for retreats, to buy books and material, or to give in service to others. 
if that's available to me to do so. And I use that money also towards my retirement. I look at that money as a process by which I am supporting myself into the future. I'm supporting the God within me so that I will be nurtured and taken care of physically here while I, the God within me, is him here. That's how I tithe. It's a very different concept. And a lot of religions and a lot of ministers don't like to hear it because it doesn't say anything about give back to God through that church, through that man, through that organization. It says give back to God inside. Acknowledge it where it comes from. Acknowledge it where it resides. That's how I do it. Now, you do it the way you want. However it works for you, that's what you want to work. You don't want to do it my way, because my way is my way. You know, St. Francis said, I follow the path of Jesus, because that's the path to God. But towards the end of his life, he realized that that was his choice to follow the path of Jesus. And that really and truly, we could follow any path that is our path, and get back to God. We just have to realize what our path back is. And that's what this is all about, is the path back to God. And you want to find your own pathway. This can be a guidepost. It can be giving you clarity and a sense of direction. But maybe some of this will work and maybe none of it will. And maybe all of it will. And maybe you'll take and flip everything around and make it totally the reverse and wake up into God and I'll go, hi. <laughs> because you will have gotten there your way. So don't let people tell you there is one way. It has to be done this way because there's no such animal out there. Your way is the way. But you'll find that there is only one way and that's loving. That's the way. I'll share this with you also about the tithing and the giving of the moment. Paul said, Die the little death daily, that when the greater death come, you will not feel the sting. And believe me, that's not exactly word for word, but that's close. What he's saying is, Die the little death daily. What is die the little death daily? It's go inside, give your 10% to God, meditate, pray, become one, go into God so that when that day comes that you die the great death, that you go into God permanently, that you'll know what it's all about. You've woken up before doing it. You've been there before. So it's just, oh, okay, I'm leaving my body again. Here we go, back into the heart of God. And you just do it. And you look back and go, bye-bye. <laughs> and you go on. No regrets, no remorse, nothing left to be done. You just go on into the heart of God and there become what you always have been. Because that's what you really are. You already are awake in the loving heart of God. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. And all you're doing down here is running around going, where is it? What am I? <laughs> what is this all about? What am I supposed to do with this? And all the time, that which you really are is in the loving heart of God awake and absorbing and learning everything that you experience here. And one day you'll just wake up and you'll go, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. I just have to be. I just have to be loving. I just have to be in the joy.
I just have to be in the peace. Gosh, that's really tough, isn't it? <laughs> to have to be all those things. But that's what it's all about, is just being. Being in the moment. Being in the oneness. And being in that path of neutrality.